Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a free title, and get started listening now. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started today. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 83, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. If you're going to dab, dab hard. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Hello and well done. That was great. I How could, are you doing? I cut that drop on our way back from Denver, and I've been dying to use it. And I kind of actually forgot about it until I was I was parsing through some drops the other day. Dude, I I don't even remember saying that at all. It was on one of our live stream things we did in Denver, but it was good stuff. I, I mean, that's the candid type stuff that you you know you forget about from time to time. So oh, absolutely. Had to How are you this fine baseball evening? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing all right. I was I was thinking about it earlier. I'm just. I am so you weren't with us on the last episode, right? That is correct. Okay. I am still just kind of righteously pissed overall at the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And it it's really killed my love for baseball. Between that and like September baseball that's just boring as all get out. And sure. like football started. There's just been so much going on. I haven't watched as much baseball as I usually would, but I've definitely kept up with what's going on. And I really haven't dropped this hate for the Red Sox, which uh, or hatred towards the Red Sox, I should say. Uh, which you're going to find out more about as we keep on going. Yeah, I mean, they're only nine games back of the second wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, they've pretty much... No, it's it's up. over. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's been over. so over. <laughs> it's been over for a little bit. I mean, you fire your GM. I mean, I think that's a pretty tell, tell sign that we're moving on. It sends a message. Well, I tell, you, I tell you what, you know what might be a feel-good baseball story for you? Go for it. So out at, um, I keep wanting to call it Kaminsky Park, but it's not Kaminsky Park anymore. Good. Did you see the news coming out of Chicago over the weekend? Is this the 112-year-old baseball guy? Yes, that's right. 112-year-old lifelong White Sox fan got to go to his very first Chicago White Sox game. What are, go ahead with your thoughts on this first. So I wanted to, a uh, couple things. One, This dude was born in 1907, so I want to give you a few fun trivia facts about 1907 here shortly. Awesome. But it's just worth noting, um, so the dude's name is C.P. Crawford. So, you know, that was back whenever letters uh, cost money. Yeah, so you would just be named. Right. Exactly. So anyway, C.P. Crawford, Mm -hmm. um, 112 years old, goes out to see the White Sox. He's waited his whole life for this. And they lost. That's rough. I mean, I'm not surprised that they lost, but that's rough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, while, what are your thoughts? While this is a great feel-good story, I hate stuff like this. Why? Be, be, I don't know specifically why. But I'll give you a great example. A couple of years ago, this is probably two years ago, I believe now, uh, during the, the NCAA tournament, everybody was all over that Mother Jean lady or whatever the hell her name was. And she was like that super old, like... I forget what the school was, but she, it was like a smaller Chicago area school. And, yeah. and like Sister Jean, that was what her, what she like went by or whatever. And they just beat that kind of story into the ground. So I don't know if it's as much about that or like the actual point of it as it more is just the fact that they beat the, those kinds of stories into the ground. Well, I got to tell you, CP looks like he's having none of your crap. Hey, That's I'm, a, uh... I'm sure he could take me to school. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not so, having any of his crap either. Like, for reference, when CP was born, the czars were still in charge of <laughs> Russia. <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. What, did you ever have any other, like, 112-year-old facts? Yeah. Who was president in 1907? That would have been Teddy? That's right. Pretty good. Good old TR. Ding. Very uh, good. I don't have the belt. Oh. I'll give myself an applause. Who uh, who won the World Series? Oh, so nineteen oh seven. Yep, Cubs. That's right. Oh, the Cubs beat Detroit. 
two well, for two. Well, there were only 16 baseball teams or something, like hey, 12 baseball teams. That means that there were 12 that could have been wrong. Um, the Stanley Cup was won by the Kenora Thistles over the Montreal Wanderers. <laughs> okay. First of all, I recognize one word you said in that sentence. <laughs> it was Montreal. <laughs> sounds made up. Definitely sounds uh, made up. And you'll never guess, um, you know, just in time for a football podcast, who won the NCAA football championships that year? Oh, God. That I don't know. Uh, Montgomery Burns and Yale Bulldogs. Okay. Makes sense. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. There you go. You were asking for the bell. You got the bell. Thank you. It's been a weird week, though, overall, dude. Like... Uh, older older folks aside, Trout got shut down for the rest of the year. I oh, spe- dude. I specifically noted no fish jokes just because I know that's your low-hanging fruit. That was the most devastating thing. You almost made my POS this week for <laughs> having a no fish joke, thi- no fish joke thing. Um, yeah. Luckily, we decided uh, we can't put each other in the POS corner. I know. I know. It's good. I mean, it, it definitely sucks, though. I mean, does it really matter? I mean, haven't the Angels only won, like, 65 games or something like that? God, like, I feel like right now the Los Angeles Angels only exist because they're trying to run Otani into the ground. Like, that's the, they do two things. They give Mike Trout a place to, to rack up his war, and they run Otani, like, face first into the 101. You got to think that's what's going on here, right? It's ridiculous, and uh, let me let me caveat that last sentence. They run him shoulder first into the one hundred and one. Shoulder first. Right. Thank you. Sorry about that. We uh we speculated last episode because there's a pretty strong chance that the Red Sox are going to lose J.D. Martinez and or Mookie Betts this offseason. Mm-hmm. and we speculated a little bit on what the Angels outfield would be like as soon as they pay Mookie Betts to be in the outfield with Mike Trout, and that just makes me so sad. Oh yeah. It's going to happen. Dude, that's, that's rough. I was going to say, what if they both go to the Dodgers? I don't think that they have room for it. I don't think they need them, really. Like, they're forming their own big three there. They've got so many young bucks in that outfield and all that, man. I think they're – I don't know that that's going to be – I mean, I, I, anything could happen, of course, but – No, I agree. It just seemed like the biggest Dodgers thing to do is just to go out there and sign, oh, is there a big-name free agent? Let's give them too much money to come play in Los Angeles. That's actually more of an Angels thing to do because it never works out. See Josh Hamilton, see, you know – Pujols. Pujols, except that's – that. so everybody shits on that contract all the time. It's been okay. I mean, I don't – when you signed a a guy that – he was what, like 30 at that point in time? Yeah, I think he was 47. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever you sign a 47-year-old to a 10-year contract, I mean, you got to almost kind of know what you're going to get there, right? Also, his name is Pujols, Justin. I know. It's rough. I, so you still carry a lot of animosity towards him, right? I carry a lot of animosity to anyone on the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, David Freeze came up in conversation with something the other day, and I just started laughing because you're the first person I think of when no. I think of David Freeze. No, that's that's rough. Uh, I have outlawed all Davids and Freeze. Okay, all right, that's fair. But yeah, man. So it, it's been it, it's it's kind of weird news. The other weirdest news, probably devastating for the baseball community. I know I felt sad when I saw this. Christian Yelich out for the year, basically shattered his kneecap. Yeah, dude. Uh, and I can't even think of a good patella pun to try to make happen. But mm-hmm. like, that is a rough injury who shatters your kneecap like that sucks he didn't have to have surgery on it or anything like that so i mean he's gonna heal up relatively quick but it just like when you think when you just like look at your knee that doesn't seem like something that would heal like a a bone break would be or something like that like how do you set that it's a disc (laughs) the size of like a gatorade lid very carefully is how you set it (laughs) okay it's like in a game of operation with the little tools but yeah, man, it, it, it's sad. Like I, I don't think that anybody really thought that the Angels, or sorry, the uh, Brewers were going to do anything anyway. But it's still just kind of sad that to see it. I, I love Christian Yelich. He looks like Pete Davidson. He's got butthole eyes. I mean, the whole thing around is great. Well, I'm sad for two reasons. One, my it kind of hurts my fantasy team, which is in like the gutters anyway. But still, mm-hmm. it's it's good to have an All Star, and it's sad to see him get hurt. But also, I mean, he's just doing a lot for, you know, we we crap on baseball a lot specifically for not marketing its players well. But I think that 
MLB could be trying to make that right with Yelich. I don't think they're doing enough. You know, Major League Baseball is still in its own way, but they're definitely make trying to make Yelich a name. You know, I, I agree with that. I think though he's a good example of someone who puts himself out there more often, and he really like he's not afraid to get in front of a camera. Versus like Mike Trout just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's why you need the league to help market that player because it's good for the league that's yeah. that's the part that's not i don't understand it's not like we want them to go out and market these guys to make them more money in turn of course it does that but it helps the longevity of the sport well and mike trout i think to his credit he's a class act but he doesn't want to just go out and make a total bass of himself <laughs> that's good that's good uh, i that that was my see that I, I wasn't looking for a trout joke. I was looking for a little bit more specific than that. You really dug down deep. I'm gonna give you an applause for it. Good. Thank you. It's good stuff. Um but yeah, I, I think they do a good job though of of I guess aiding him in this because I, I mean it's not like the Brewers are a big team, but they've been a bigger deal in the last few years, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that they're a contender in the NL Central, and they're pretty consistently a contender. So, At least in the last long, two or three years. Yeah, if they're playing, ma- I guess if you're playing meaningful baseball in September, you're a contender. Yeah. You know, like even if you don't make the wild card, if, if your games still matter. Right. Yeah, I wish I knew what that felt like. Hey, you're talking to a guy with my Rangers cap on display, so I totally understand. Also, we just won a World Series like 10 months ago. I really can't say that. <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed to say it. I shouldn't be. Well, speaking of which, speaking of something that would daunt those chances this year as well, we've got Luis Severino coming back to the Yankees and Giancarlo Stanton. That's pretty damn helpful for the Yankees heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that nothing against the Twins, but I think that the Yankees are doing a ton of stuff to to really make it to where it's going to be a dogfight between them and the Astros. Like, I cannot believe the amount of talent both those teams are continuing to field. I know, man. It it really is true. And we talked about this all year with the Yankees. They've been killing it whenever they're the most hurt. And that's a tall tale sign that things are going right. I still would, I mean, bias aside, I still don't think I would pick them over either the Dodgers or the Astros. Yeah, I'm, I'm still feeling pretty confident about my Astros choice. Just because of what they've done, you know, in their in their pitching. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely they've shored things up when I'm not sure that the Yankees have done enough in that area. But I mean, I, I guess the problem is you don't really know what Luis Severino is going to be like when he gets back. And Stanton has been I mean, I wouldn't say he's been anything like he was in Miami. I'm, lo- I'm pulling up his numbers here right now. So. First of all, he's got a career war of 39.8, which is absurd. That's ridiculous. But uh, so this year he's played nine games. So I don't know if that's really a good representation. (laughs) You don't think that's a good sample size? No, not usually. I mean, typically (laughs) if it involves the Yankees and I can get you there. I mean, with the with the nine games he's been in, he's batting 290 on base 421, slugging 419, has an OPS of 840, which is still not terrible. Uh, even in a nine-game sample, because if you look at his numbers for 2018, he played in 158 games. He's got a 266 average, on-base 343, slugging 509 and an 852 OPS. Wow. So that's actually, like, OPS-wise, he's only, like, 10 points off. Where, um, what was wrong with him? He had, a, so, a couple of things, but he's had elbow is- issues, like, all year long. Got it. Uh, it says, str- oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, strained uh, PCL in his right knee. Ooh, okay. But it looks like he's going to be back. He's ha- I feel like he had some elbow issues a little bit, but I think he got that stuff cleared up. I mean, he got hit in the face square on with a pitch a few years ago. So, I mean, that's that's brutal. But, it's man, it really never sucks. a fun day whenever you get hit with the fastball in the cheek. No, we saw it happen to Charlie Culberson the other day in Atlanta, and it was brutal. It ended his season. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's lucky he didn't end his life. I know, man. It's, I mean, you got a 100-mile fastball coming at your head. That's that's not not what you're looking for necessarily. No, not in the slightest. But yeah, so I think that's going to add some firepower to the playoffs. We're going to be doing a ton of live streaming and all that stuff as we watch the games. We did a bunch of pods last year where we 
talked about things as we kind of watched the games, but this year we're going to do a lot more live stuff so you guys can jump in. Uh, you guys can give us a call. We can take calls during the show. All that stuff we're going to be doing lots of. So we're actually going to have a, a schedule out to the good people here in just a, another week or so. Yeah, I think we're going to make sure that the schedule either goes on sensiblyloud.com but also all, all over social media. So yeah. that way, wherever you find us, you'll be able to know when we're going to be coming at you in the video form. Correct. What I mean, are you more excited to see how things play out on the AL side or the NL side? I think I'm more excited about the AL side because um, I don't see anyone overtaking the Dodgers. Like, I think it's interesting to see who's going to come out of the Central and who's going to come out of the NL East, but I don't think anyone gets past Los Angeles. And so, therefore, I'm interested to see what the dogfight in the American League playoffs looks like to see who's going to face Los Angeles in the World Series. Okay, that's fair. See, I kind of look at it the other way where I, I'm i more excited to see the NL to see if that could possibly happen. And okay. I might be a little bit biased because, one, I know who's what one of the three teams that's definitely going to come out of the AL for sure, even though you kind of know the Dodgers are going to come out. But I just want to see if anybody can give them a, a run for their money. No, like, and that's not to temper my excitement. Like, I'm still definitely going to be glued to it. But no, it's for just, sure. yeah. I, I'm more interested to see, like, the Yankees and the Astros in the playoffs like that's I'm you know I'm already like okay let's set an alarm on my phone like let's get <laughs> let's get ready I wonder I'm gonna look real quick at their their head-to-head record I'm just curious as what the, of, of what that is for the year because that's, I think last time we looked it up they had they had split it pretty even I think that's right I, well, we looked it up a few podcasts ago so they have they're three and four the Yankees okay. are three and four against Houston. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty dead. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yep. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Granky's been killing it really while he's been there. He's had a really good year overall, man. And that's great to see. I like Zach Granky a lot. I, I get why people don't. But I I mean, I think he's done great. I mean, with Houston overall, I'm pulling up his pitching stats here. He has a... This is bad radio. 310 ERA. This is just with Houston, though. So he's 6-1 and one with a 310 ERA, and he's pitched 49.1 innings. He's allowed 40, 21 runs on 49 hits. 17 of those were earned. That's not wow. too bad. He struck out 39. And before that, on he was on like his time in Arizona. He was 10-4. and four. He had a 290 ERA. So it's it's popped up just a tad. He he pitched 146 innings and he struck out 135. It's ridiculous. It really well, is. I mean, just like right now, Houston and the Yankees are neck and neck. At the time we're recording this, they're both 98 and 53. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston has a better run differential. They're plus 255, but I think it's just because of the strength of their overall rotation. Like that's not to say that the that the Yankees bats aren't active. It's just the Astros have a better top to bottom pitching staff that's where my my biggest takeaway from all this is just the top to bottom pitching staff because at the end of the day like it's going to come down to pitching here because both these teams can hit runs or you know match taters all day long yeah they'll they'll hang uh they'll hang 12 on you and not blink the one thing that i will say is the run differential for houston is plus 255 versus plus 188 on on the yankees that's a significant difference well but the thing is Houston has scored less runs. So the Yankees have scored 886. Houston scored 863. Which means so the Yankees have scored more. It's just that Houston has given up almost, uh, they've given up 90 less runs. I mean, when you've got a, a staff that includes Zach Granke and Justin Verlander, I think that's pretty, pretty easy to do. Yes. So I, I'm excited for, I mean, I, I, what do you think of Minnesota? Do you think Minnesota is going to get there? I mean, they, they're kind of in the thick of it, man. So I'm so excited for Minnesota, and I'm super happy for them as a team. I think it's great to see that the, you know, that the Central was competitive for a bit. You know, right now Cleveland's, I think, only, so Houston's 91 and 58. Cleveland is 87 and 63. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Cleveland's four and a half back. It's it's real close to being locked up uh, for the Twins. I think that Overall, though, it's just not their year. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they're close, but they're not quite there yet. 
which is a darn shame because it's September 16th and they've won 91 games already. So I know that's yeah. they're not a bad team at all. I just think the Yankees and the Astros are that much better. It's way less of a competition. It's way more of a competition, way less an indictment on how they actually are. And absolutely, I've, I've been on the Twins all year saying I just don't think it, they're quite there yet. I think they reminded me a lot of that 20 uh, 2017 Red Sox team where they were still a piece or two away, but they were getting there. Yeah, and, well, and I think Minnesota is an amazing junior varsity team whereas the yankees and astros are a varsity team that's completely fair so we've got uh, right now the wild card looks like we've got tampa in the first i'm sorry uh, oakland in the first slot in the al side of things right now at 90 and 60 i mean that's gotta have to do with uh with uh, mike fears shaving his beard into a g right it's got to (laughs) that's that's that'll do it that's all you need right was that not the weirdest thing you've ever seen did he then come out and say it ain't nothing but a G thing? No, because I don't. I, I forget exactly what he said, but he literally just shaved like right here. That was it. So just so stupid. Just a big old swirl. I mean, you can't say that you've seen it before, right? I have not seen it before. Yeah. So you're looking at in the AL. We'll look at the NL picture here in just a second. You're looking at Cleveland being a game and a half out, and the next next team would be the Red Sox at nine games out. So I mean, Cleveland is the only one that could. Maybe backdoor Tampa here a little bit, but I don't even. I mean, they're very even as far as run differential. I mean, they. Uh, I think let's see. Uh, Tampa's got eighty nine wins. Cleveland has eighty seven. So I mean, you're talking about a two run difference. Uh, I think Cleveland could maybe edge out Tampa Bay, but it's going to come right down to it. Yeah, I think it comes down to strength of schedule. I mean, I don't know who Cleveland has on the docket next versus Tampa, but I think that's really what it boils down to. All right, let's look at the NL side here real quick and just see where we're at. So we've got the so we've got the Dodgers, Atlanta, and St. Louis locking up divisions as of this time. We've yeah, got so the-, the Dodgers and Atlanta have already locked it up. St. Louis still has yet to. They're two above the Cubs right now. They've clinched a playoff spot. They haven't clinched the actual division yet. Right. Yeah, so and then you've got Washington at 82 and 66. They're gaming up a half up. And then the Cubs at 81 and 68. Milwaukee's trailing right behind at 80 and 69, one game out. So, I mean, that could probably still happen. But, I mean, Joe Madden's playing for his job right now, right? Yeah. Well, so, yes, Joe Madden's definitely playing for his job, which is ridiculous because he won the World Series four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, back in 20, what was that, 17? 16? I think so. 16. No, 16, yeah. yeah. 17 was the Astros. Like so it's about fucked but, up or I do. But you know what? You're you're only as good as your most recent victory. You know what I mean? What have you done for me lately? Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. But I mean, I think it's safe to say the Mets have pretty much played themselves out of it, right? Yeah. So the Mets are four back. I think for for me right now, it's just will Milwaukee make a run at overtaking the Cubs? And if they still had Yelich, I would be definitely going for Milwaukee. But because they've lost Yelich, I don't see them making it. I, I'm 100% with you right there. And I mean, I just think that they're they're. I don't I, I don't really trust the rickety wagon that is the Cubs really and truly. <laughs> I, I just don't. And, and that's coming from a team who's been like a fan of a team who's been really bad this year. I can't emphasize that enough, I don't think. But I just don't see that happening. I, I just I don't see them making any kind of a splash. I think uh, Atlanta would take care of them. St. Louis would take care of them. The Dodgers would take care of them. No issues. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and the, and that's the thing is, even if Yelich was healthy and Milwaukee somehow got in, I still don't see them overtaking Atlanta, and I definitely don't see them overtaking Los Angeles. No, definitely not. And so last episode we talked about the Diamondbacks and how they deserved a lot of do. Since that episode, they've gone three and seven of their last ten. So <laughs> it's the curse of the outfielder. Yeah, pretty much took down a ba- major league baseball team. It's the same reason Jimmy won't come on our show anymore. No, I'm j- I miss Jimmy Midtown, but I, man, I shit on the Mets way too much for Jimmy Midtown's liking, and I get that. I, I much respect Jimmy Midtown. We miss you, Jimmy. Come back on our show anytime. Well, he's gonna. I think he'll come back and do. So we'll do. We'll do a review of all the playoff, or I'm sorry, of all the uh, predictions, and hopefully we can get him in for a couple of live streams as well. So would you rather wear a Mets cap or a Yankees cap? Oh, a Mets cap all day long. Okay. I, Let's try to make that happen. Well, they're not going to be in, so that wouldn't really make sense. You'll look like, um, like what's-his-face in City Slickers. 
Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal. City Slickers. <laughs> wow. I was really hoping you weren't going to go with Billy Crystal, but I, I kind of felt like you were. That's the upsetting part. I think well, I kept the... wanting to say Billie Eilish, the female pop singer, is like 16. <laughs> awesome. No, it's Billy Crystal. It's Billy Crystal, that's right. City Slickers. Yes. Great movie, though. Great movie, though. All right. You uh, know they made a sequel? Did they really? I don't think I knew that, actually. City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Mm. All right, we'll have to do a review of this later. We're going to have to come back to that. I feel like I need yeah. to know more. Yeah. All right, let's do the POS quarter. Perfect. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. All right, America. Let's talk pieces of shit. You want to start intro- just made me miss Sam so much. I agree with you 100%. We did, uh, do we even acknowledge that he's not here? <laughs> no, uh, he's he's like slow cooking a risotto. I, I think it's like he's trying to land some big client, so he's hosting a sales dinner. You, you <laughs> first of all, I hope that he's cooking this sales dinner. Uh, but I love earlier that, first of all, we just didn't mention him at all. That was not intentional, by the way. But here we are. It's not intentional whatsoever. <laughs> it really wasn't. Um but also, I love in our Slack chat earlier, he said that he was making a big fancy dinner tonight. You said, what are you making? And as soon as you said that, I almost knew it was, I knew immediately it was something that you weren't going to be able to eat anyway. Hey, I was still trying to engage in the conversation. I was happy for my friend to be cooking a meal that he's excited about. I was not happy because we're trying to record a podcast here. I would put him in the POS corner, but we talked about this at the beginning of the show. So why don't you start with your first for, with your POS? Okay, so I'm going to tell it, and then I'm going to set it up, okay? Okay. I would like to name, in my POS corners today, the Globe Life Insurance Company. Okay, tell me more. So, Globe Life Field is where the Texas Rangers play. It's in Arlington, Texas. More commonly, it's called the Ballpark in Arlington because that was its name for like 25 years. Quick timeout. It's Globe Life Park right now. The new one will be Globe Life Field. So that's that's what I'm saying. Okay. So okay. I apologize. But yes, that's exactly why it's a POS. Got it. Okay. So I don't know if you know, but I like music. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... It was announced last week that Green Day and Weezer are going on tour. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah, it's called the Hella Mega Tour. They're playing like arena rock stuff. I think they're going with them. Um, it's not important. It's not the point of the story. Okay. But they're playing Globe Life Park. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. They're going to play at the new Arlington Stadium in July 2020. It's going to be air-conditioned. It's going to be inside. But it got me to thinking, because in my head, when I think Globe Life Field versus Globe Life Park, I think a field should be outside, and a park seems like a dome, like a park. Hmm. So I like your logic with the fact that the field feels like it should be outside, but with that same logic, it feels like you're saying, and I know you're not saying specifically, but it feels like you're saying that a park should be inside, and that's definitely not true either. That's why it's a POS, because here's the thing, Justin. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, there's one stadium has a roof, one stadium doesn't. Correct. One stadium is called a field, the other one's called a park. Which one are you naming which? Well, I know which one is which, and I feel no, like... No, I know, but, like, I know. You're, you're going against your gut here. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand why it's confusing and annoying. I definitely understand that. It, it seems like... So let me ask you this. Do you, I don't know if you know the answer to this question or not, but are they going to continue to call the old one Globe Life Park, even though Globe Life Field is going to be open next door? I don't know. Like, be- that's the thing. Like, what do you do? Because if they are, that's absurd. Right. I, I don't, I mean, I could see the logic in it. I mean, they bought the naming rights for 20 years, but 
I think that they like redid the contract at the new place. I don't really know how that worked specifically. That's why they're a POS, Justin. Okay. That's why. Because I should be able to know Gold Life Field, Gold Life Park. Parks have fields and fields have parks and roofs and cats and I don't know. Like it's just the whole thing makes my head hurt. Maybe they should just go ahead and bite the goddamn bullet and just tear the old one down and put everything in the same place. That seems like a better idea to me. Well, they've already built like 60% of the new one, so I don't know that they want to start over. No, no, I'm talking about the old one. Yeah, but you said tear down the old one and build, put it in the same place. No, 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 I'm saying like, no, I mean put all the events in the same place. Got it. Okay. So, so that way you get, number one, you we avoid the confusion, and number two, you get your air-conditioned Green Day concert, which that's a whole other uh, thing <laughs> for another day, but I just... I feel like they, they're they inevitably going to tear that place down because they built the new one over a parking lot for the old place. So it seems like, one, parking is going to be an issue at some point, even though we're talking about Texas. And for those that are not in Texas, there's typically a lot of space is kind of what I figured out. Is that is that a fair assessment? Uh, yes, but it's worth backing up here. You think I'm in my 30s, Justin. You think I'm going to go see Green Day outside that's in fair. July? No, I Texas? I'm with you. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't okay. know that I would see Green Day to begin with, but that again, that's another thing for another day. <laughs> but more, more of what I'm concerned about is this baseball part of it. Weezer's going to be there, Justin. Okay, so Weezer. That, that I'm more on board with than the American Weezer. idiot. Than American idiot, I'm I'm way more on board with that. My, but uh, regardless, I get what you're saying. It makes total sense. It's very confusing, and it's needlessly confusing. I think that's probably the most annoying part. Is that accurate? Yes, the needless confusion and the fact that no one can give me a straight answer. Because if you think about it, Fenway Park, mm-hmm. Wrigley Field, they're yeah. both outdoors. So, That's like, it just... makes sense. Camden Yards, yeah, Tropicana well... Field. Yeah, we've got some inconsistencies here that we need to boil down. That's my, like, just be consistent. Yeah, and there, it's definitely not consistent. And, I mean, you've got, like, Dodger Stadium. This podcast is giving me anxiety as I'm thinking <laughs> through these different names right now. There's so many that are just terrible. Like, what What are they doing? But Petco Park, does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. They don't even have pets. No, they don't. Nothing makes sense anymore. It, it does make sense. I love the idea, but, like, at a certain point, where do the dogs pee? <laughs> what a classic. I love having that one on cue. No, but I just... Uh, I feel like Petco Park makes sense. I feel like PNC Park makes sense. I feel like Fenway Park makes sense. So then why is like Wrigley have to be Wrigley Field? I, I just uh, we're boiling down all these things into one central problem here, I think. Would you agree? What nouns? Well <laughs> So uh, yeah, I guess nouns might be in the POS corner for <laughs> nouns. <laughs> all right, that's mine. Justin, who's on your list? All right. So for me, in keeping with the theme of this episode, I'm going to call out the Boston Red Sox as my POS of the week. And one specific thing, and I, I just barely hit on this last episode, but after we got done recording, I saw it again, and it just re-lit my fire, man. And I'm wearing a <laughs> Fahrenheit 451 shirt right now. Like, it really made me mad. Like, it really got me boiling here. And the reason that I call out the Red Sox is, so we talked about this for almost the entire episode last time. They fired their general manager last week, and it was kind of out of nowhere. He really What? Wanted... Why didn't you say anything? I know, right? And <laughs> I'm just setting it up for the good people. Fired their general manager last week, then decided they weren't going to go on any mediums or have any press conference whatsoever to address why they fired the guy in the first place. Now, here's the really specific reason I put them in the POS corner, because this has continued to burn me up. And I can't imagine how angry you and the great Sambino would be at me if I did this to you. Imagine if I just made a major decision that involved either Sensibly Loud or the podcast, doesn't really matter, right? That directly involves you guys. And then I just refused to speak about it and made you guys go out there and speak about it. Because that's exactly what the Red Sox did. They made Alex Cora go out and answer questions for 22 minutes about why his his boss got fired. That's incredible. So to set the scene here, because I I love the way we boiled it down to uh, sensibly loud talk. So 
just imagine, folks, you tune in next week. Justin's not on the podcast. Sam and I are there. The music starts. All right. We come in, and we have to talk about why there is now a chimpanzee on this podcast trying to give baseball opinions. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> a couple questions on that. I mean, that's a great way to lay it out. But why would you replace me with a chimp? No, 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 not that. I'm saying you you put a chimp on the pod, and we have to justify it okay, without okay. you telling us that I put a chimp on the pod. Okay, that's better. That may really made me feel like you replaced me with a monkey. No. <laughs> First off, we would not replace you with a chimp. We would replace you with a gorilla. Okay, yeah. I mean, you could find any run-of-the-mill gorilla to get up there and, and talk about the Red Sox all day long, I think. You've just really got to look for one with, like, a Red Sox hat on it. I think you're pretty pretty good. I don't know this, but I feel like we could put a Red Sox hat on most gorillas and they'd murder us. Mm, this sounds like a Photoshop idea. Or oh my God. maybe a trip to the zoo. Or both. Yeah, yeah, because I think after the trip to the zoo, we're going to need to use some Photoshop. I don't think it's going to work. Photoshop our bruises away. I know, right? Well, a gorilla rips our arm out of socket. <laughs> and waves it around at you. No, but I just, I, I think it's such a shitty look for an organization to make such a big decision like that and then just completely leave the manager out to hang to answer questions about it. I just, I can't emphasize enough how much of a scumbag move that is. And I really almost am glad that it's my team because I really would hate to call another team or another fan base's team out for this exact thing. Because this is so a really shitty look, man. Did they, like, give him talking points no. or, like, an FAQ section no. or something? They just said, hey, just go, go. Hey, your boss is now gone. Everyone knows it. See ya. We're going to have you field questions. Correct. They didn't even tell him that. They just said, we're not talking. Like, the the CEO of the Red Sox, his name's Sam Kennedy, he's a real piece of shit. I'll tell you that much. But he belongs in this corner, too. That's another uh, topic for another day. But he basically went on WEEI, which is the radio station there in Boston, and said, like, he was like, I want to answer all the questions about the GM being fired. Great. A great thing for the CEO of the team to do. Probably yeah, should be good. Go ahead. It's a wonderful headline. Absolutely. Should be from ownership, but I get like I get the logic, right? It, it was he was it was weird because like the the Red Sox have never had a president of baseball operations and a lot of teams haven't. That's a relatively new thing. And it's kind of interesting. And we're going to talk about this in a second, a little bit more in depth. But they're going to go back, I think, with just general manager who. So basically the structure changed. And there's a very distinct difference between the two because a president of baseball operations. So look at Theo Epstein and, and with the Cubs, for example, he reports to one person. And that's the Ricketts family. Well, I guess the family, but, you know, the ownership group of the family that yeah. owns the Cubs. That's what Dave Dombrowski did. He reported to John Henry the owner of the Red Sox a GM would report to the CEO right and so you just have a little bit of a, a hierarchical difference there but I think they're going to go back to that which I find very interesting and yeah and I, again we'll get into that a little bit later when we have a little bit more clarity on what's going to happen there because we really don't know what's going to happen yet but I just think that if you go on a radio show and you're going to sit there and say I'm going to answer all the questions and then you basically say oh no we're not going to talk about that that's an even shittier look yeah, and don't hate me for saying this, but it's kind of like a Sean Spicer move. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I think he knows what he's doing, though. <laughs> and that's sad. That's really sad. And I just, I don't, uh, I don't understand, like, I, it makes me feel like, and this has happened several times. I don't, I can't remember if we talked about this on the last episode or not. It, everything starts to run together when you have these conversations enough. But they did this to Terry Francona where they absolutely shit on him on his way out of town. And I can't help but feel like they're going to do the exact same thing to, da uh, to Dave Dabrowski here. No, I agree. And I they, think it's, it's a well-earned POS. I would say that they did the same thing to Bobby Valentine, but Bobby Valentine <laughs> brought a lot of that on himself. Yeah, that was, that's more Valentine did to himself. Buddy, you, you want to talk about a rough year. At least whenever the Rangers fired Bannister... They didn't put Bobby V in place and expect it to work because oh that was God. was just one of the worst things I've ever seen. So, uh, I think we should keep a tally, but my dog Sherman would be a better GM. <laughs> I know that to be true. Yeah. All right. And good. he chews on his own butt. <laughs> Mark that. Good POS corner.
Well, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com SLM and get started now. Justin, what are you listening to? Yeah, so I actually downloaded a new Audible book just the other day, and it's called Range. Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World by David Epstein. Have you ever heard of this book before? No, but why is that name familiar? Uh, he's written a couple of other books as well. Also, Epstein. Uh, just check the news. But Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably more what it is. Um, but he wrote this book, and basically what it, it, the crux of this entire book talks a lot about something that we've talked about on this show, which is specifically the dangers of specialization in a sport at a young age. So, okay. for instance, or, or for example, like we've talked about this a little bit of like players who start out playing baseball always never play in any other sport and end up getting hurt pretty early on in their career versus somebody who played football, basketball and baseball, you know, a wide variety of sports and basically diversified their sports um, outlook, I guess, in general and what they play and how much of a difference that makes versus just throwing the baseball over and over and over year after year after year. It's really, really interesting. So, like, the idea would be if I raise one of my kids to be, like, a deep snapper and if I, range another, if I raise another one of my kids to, like, just be really good at anything athletic and, like, uh, an all-around athlete, and how even in a world where we need a deep snapper or we need someone who can throw 112 miles per hour, overall, someone's going to be more successful if they're able to be an all-around athlete. Pretty much. Kind of just, Pretty okay. much, yeah. That's a great way to describe it. It's a really interesting book. It's by David Epstein. It's called Range. Really fascinating. I'll give you guys more of an update as I get it finished. I'm about halfway through it right now, but I haven't been able to stop listening to it yet. For what it's worth, that would be a terrible way for me to raise my kids. It really would. Please don't look. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, but yeah, go over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. You can get a free trial. Get it started. Check it out if you want to. We can we can uh, rap over it. So it's good stuff. Great I'm going to go see which one of my kids wants to be a deep snapper. <laughs> I was going to ask you, is that the oldest or the youngest? But I decided to move past <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, you, you get to the bottom of that and report back. Thank you. Is Sherman going to be the coach? He's going to be the ball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's the right size for it. I know. He's the right size for it. All right, so you sent me a really interesting article today. Why don't you tee this up? Okay, so uh, I'm a sucker for reading. Okay. It's <laughs> a weird thing to say. Uh, but no, specifically, uh, Nate Silver has a blog, 538, and they tend to skew in two universes. They tend to go on the political side of things, which we're not going to talk about here, and on the sports side of things, which we are going to talk about here. So on Nate Silver's 538.com, they had a really good piece this past week about do the minor leagues matter? So I'm going to pull up the article to get the, the, true, the true title of it. It's called but, Do We Even Need Minor League Baseball? That's right. And so the, the idea is, and this is kind of the, the point for which we could speak about, is it talks about are we still gathering the information that we used to be able to gather from minor league baseball, or are there better ways of gathering that data, that intel? And so there's a couple of really neat things that it kind of points out. One, it brings up the history of it, how like Branch Rickey, you know, invented the minor league farm system in 1919. You know, this is the same dude who invented batting cages, you know, like it was a whole, whole thing. So the whole idea of a farm system and, and different talent levels and tier levels you know, totally revolutionary stuff back whenever people would, you know, I'm going to be a coal miner and then play <laughs> baseball and just chain smoke the whole time. Like what could possibly go wrong? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But anyway, we have since evolved. And so the point of the article is, have we evolved to a point where this organized tiered structure of baseball is now obsolete? And the arguments would be that you can set up cameras in a storefront you know in any strip mall but it's citing you know in, in in brooklyn for example and have 
athletes coming in and train and develop new pitches and come up with new ways of hitting the ball and improve their swing and, and you know be able to get it across the plate point oh two seconds faster and it'll change their batting average by by three percent or whatever and all of that is done independent of a minor league farm system that have we come to the place in our development and it cites the Astros because mm-hmm. the Astros went from having nine teams, nine minor league farm affiliates down to seven and some of the organizational changes. So that's kind of the high level over. What do you think? So I tweeted this out from our Twitter account earlier today. I knew we were going to talk about it. it's at outfielder pod. So go check it out. It's right out there. 538. Great site for this kind of stuff. This is really interesting. And this, this barks up my tree for a lot of reasons. Number one, I absolutely love finding flaws within sports organizations and figuring out ways to fix them. Is that fair? That's fair. We're still waiting for our checks, but yes. Uh, exactly. And I, I put tons of them out there. I talked earlier, la- I talked about mid last year, I talked a lot about how we could reorganize the divisions in baseball and we could institute the designated hitter rule across all of baseball. A lot of different things like that. But this is really interesting to me, and, and it's a couple of reasons why, and we'll kind of run down a few of them. So first of all, I am always under the, the thought that we should be doing everything we can to be smarter, better, faster at getting to a point where we're... So if, ironically, it kind of goes against the specialization, but we're getting specialized at certain skills. And okay. what ends up happening here is you have this long, drawn-out thing, and... You basically have a league that was formed in 1963 or restructured, reorganized within the the different Class A, Class B uh, system of ball where you have nine different affiliates. Um, It basically hasn't changed. And to your point, I think there's a good amount that we can learn from today's data versus what we had in 1963. Is that fair? Yes, uh, I have a counterpoint, but I want to let you keep talking before I jump in. I don't want to cut you off. Okay, so one, uh, let's just let's just go with that for right now. So first of all, like I, I whenever I was going through, and we're going to do this in the off season because it, it requires some uh, some graphical type stuff, which we'll put out on video and everything, so everybody can see it. But I basically have taken all of Major League Baseball in general, like including the farm systems and everything, and reorganize it into a relegation type of situation, almost like soccer in Europe. And I wait. It's it's going to be incredible. I've run several several simulations for each season, so we can look at how they've done versus how they actually finished and what this would mean for baseball as a whole. So I think that's really fascinating to that this comes up to begin with because. At the end of the day, we're looking at a lot of inefficiencies here. And, and something that, that jumped out at me was the fact that they, they chopped off two different teams, like two lower level teams, and nobody noticed. I didn't know that happened. Did you? No, I had no idea. Nobody noticed. And, and the, I don't, it, it's hard for you to say, or for us to say right now whether the Astros are better for doing that. But whenever I was putting together all these simulations and all that, all I could think were there are too many goddamn teams in this sport. Well, yeah, so number one, I think that that's where one of the points of the article is is getting at is how many people are in the minors that don't even have a chance, and they're only in the minors because now it's minor league baseball trademark. You know, like it is now an organization, an institution that's making money. Mm-hmm. They're getting, you know, Nashville's AAA affiliate nashville's club who now is the rangers affiliate whatever you know that's the biggest level of baseball around so if you want to go see competitive baseball this is who you see sure so you know you're in oklahoma city you're not going to drive all the way down to arlington to see the rangers or up to kansas city like you can see the oklahoma city double a team yeah so it makes sense where from an institution and so a, the point of Justin's article is we have a solution for that where, hey, it, it kind of matters. But to the point of this article is what would what is the point of minor league baseball? Is it to be a true competitive type build and talent development for these larger organizations? Or is it just a product? And if it's just a product, let's stop billing it as right. this proving ground for uh for these top clubs and the point i was going to make earlier is that 
I think we need minor league ball because if I'm a dude and I can throw 110 miles, even 120 miles per hour in that storefront in Brooklyn and we have all the cameras and I have the right spin, but when I step out in front of 10,000 people or 20,000 people or 30,000 people, I freeze up. Yeah. Like you have to know that as a club. So I am in no way, shape or form saying that minor leagues don't need to happen. Right. No, definitely not. It's just, you know, while we are in a disruptor society, why not look at baseball this way? Uh, I mean, this this was one of the most eye-popping stats that jumped out at me at this art, this article. I'm going to read this sentence. A Baseball America study of the eight, 1981 to 2010 drafts found that only 17.6% of drafted and signed players reached the majors, and only 9.8% produced a .1 career wins above replacement, a minimal level of production. That's ridiculous ridiculously unproductive it is and you just don't need i mean how many minor league teams are there in total do you know no i mean i'm assuming there's about 22 at each level but we know there's 30 team major league teams period right so like each team has on average eight affiliates right and and doesn't that doesn't that tell you something though that we knew right off the top of our head that there's 30 and of course we follow baseball pretty close but like even so we don't even know how many minor league affiliates there are and on average, yes, but like there, up until like two or three years ago, there weren't even enough minor league affiliates at every level for every ball club. No. And so I think that I think the crux of this whole thing is, is that we could eliminate some of those lower levels. And you have a couple of benefits here. That, and this didn't even this article didn't even talk about this, but we've talked a ton on this podcast about uh, minor league ball players deserving more than twenty dollars a day, right? Right. And you know, and you know, you get 20 bucks in yesterday's hamburger and don't you dare ask for cheese. Correct. And so you don't like if you if you cut out some of this overhead in the like overhead below for I mean, if you're talking about only 9.8 guys or 9.8% of guys produce over a, any kind of positive war, I mean, you can get rid of so much of that quit paying those guys to do not much and actually pay these guys what they should be paid to play baseball. Well, that's exactly the point is I think to me that's that was one of the big takeaways is I have always looked at minor league baseball as the proving ground, as your ability to see, hey, once you do great in single A, you know, you go to high A and then double A and then if you're really good in double A, you go etc etc on and on and on. And then you make it to the majors and you're in the show and like it's it's, you know, the crowd goes wild. It's perfect. You get to argue about whether you're playing on a field or a park or a lawn or yards or whatever. It doesn't matter. But the idea that, hey, look, this is just entertainment value. And maybe it's because I grew up with a ball club in my backyard. You know, maybe it's because I didn't grow up in Tuscaloosa or Tulsa or Pawtucket, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's, it, it could just be a, you know, a symptom of my own privilege. A perceptive thing, I, yeah. I view minor league baseball solely as propping up major league baseball, and I don't think that that does it a service. I don't think so either, and we've, we've talked about that actually before a little bit. It does prop up major league baseball. That's the point. But, like, I think... And I again, I don't think you get rid of this by any stretch of the imagination. But what I do think you can do and what this has proven to be like, look at this article brought this up, too. And I actually knew about this anyway. But look at Fernando Tatis Jr. or Vlad. Like those guys were playing in double A last year and they played in the majors all year long this year. So these guys are just skipping levels anyway. So then in, in which case, what the hell is the point of the hierarchy? Put them right. Just have a single A, double A, triple A. You you don't water down your product nearly as much, and then you actually improve your talent pool overall. Get better at drafting is the way I see it. <laughs> like how can we not with the information we have now? J Max coaching is suck less, Correct. do better always, <laughs> always. And like it's really interesting, man, because we've actually talked about. The other thing this brought up was Driveline Acad- Baseball Academy, which we've actually talked about on this show a, a couple of times. And that's actually the the academy that uh, Trevor Bauer is big into. And, and he's yeah. like one of the poster children for that. 
And essentially, they've gone with a lot of really unorthodox ways to measure this kind of stuff and to really understand, like, so we talked about, like, for instance, like, they do the thing where you just go and throw a ball as hard as you can, like, fuck command, all that stuff, just throw it as hard as you can. And while that seems crazy to us because it's not traditional styling, you learn a lot about what a pitcher's arm can do if you do that. Yeah. And I really thought it was interesting whenever they were talking in this article about how they have sensors. Uh, if you're at like the uh, the low A ball, like you have sensors on the bat, on your arm, on everything, because they're measuring right. every single aspect of this game, which is what they should be doing. There's so much data available; they just have to use it. Well, we've heard stories of of minor league players when they sign to clubs, like they're given thumb drives of just data upon data and how do you figure out hitters and how do you figure out these pitchers and and what are the next steps going to be because you have to know this and so much of the game is mental and so it enables you to really prepare for you know whatever the next level is going to be right and i mean to your point earlier i think that there's a really big advantage i mean there there is the biggest advantage by playing at a, a bigger league level and getting used to the pressure of the everyday not everyday starter, but you know what I mean, or the everyday hitter or whatever that looks like, there's there's an art there, and I, that takes time to develop. So I, you definitely can't get rid of these, but we're going to talk later on in the year about relegation and what that would look like from the minor leagues and the major leagues, and part of that involves taking the two worst teams in the majors and sending them down to a smaller league and bringing up the bottom two, which definitely helps you wrap your head around exactly how competitive this league needs to be. It discourages tanking. It gives teams time to build, you know, better systems, all that stuff. We'll get into that later on because it's definitely worth talking about. The last point I want to bring up about this article that I thought was really interesting is the, the Astros bringing in a, a, a really famous guy from Europe who basically has worked in, like, professional soccer for a long time. And his name's Jose Fernandez, and he basically is made his way all throughout Europe, and he's essentially worked with these clubs where, in soccer, you have basically a decentralized affiliate, and everything kind of falls under like the Rangers umbrella. It's not like the affiliate to the Rangers, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically like you have different levels of the organization of talent within the Rangers organization, and then you have all the minor league teams. So they really looked at how this information makes sense, how to process it, and how they can apply it in everyday life. You're always trying to look to how you can speed up the circuit. That's what you're trying to do here. And that's what the Astros did. I think it's brilliant. And I think that if teams aren't rethinking this, if they aren't rethinking how business is done in this way, they're missing out on a great opportunity. And it's really interesting because we were talking about the Red Sox GM thing earlier, and right now they have a little bit of a committee situation going on. I Honestly, they're not going to go into the year like that next year. They're going to find a GM for sure. you got to have a guy in charge. But I think you're going to start seeing ball clubs think outside the box a little bit for things like GMs and whatnot as more of a collective effort here. And I, I, don't, know if that's the, I, I don't know that it's the right way to go, but I can't say that it's the wrong way to go. Yeah, it seems that, though, I mean, you're absolutely right. These clubs have to get with the times, and they have to be willing to look at the data objectively, and you can't just say, well, this is what we've always done, so it's what's going to work. That's not going to keep your club competitive. That's going to keep your club stuck in the mud over and over in the doldrums. Yep. And not to keep pushing this relegation thing, but if they did go the route that we're sort of pitching – Guess what? Pitching, pun not intended. <laughs> Guess what? Baseball matters in September. Even Correct. if you're in last place, baseball freaking matters Absolutely. because you don't want to go down a low level. Right. So we're, we'll get into that because the specifics of it are really interesting. It's been a lot of fun to kind of put together and watch how it comes about. But, I mean, I, I think the whole cr- the, one of the biggest things about this article is these this organized or this organization of baseball teams has not changed since 1963. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. Yeah. JFK was president in 63. That's for a little bit of it. Um, <laughs> but I think in months. Well, yeah, I guess most of it. But uh, yeah, it, it's just insane to me that, that we're still operating on those ideas. 
Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over your social media. Check us out on Facebook, on the good old Twitter, and of course on Instagram. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, however you get your podcast. That helps us out a ton. Huge props to JMac founder Numero Uno for producing this and most other episodes. Thanks y'all so much. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 83 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Can we talk more about 1907? Stuck in the mud.